You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. Hello. I'm so glad that you can be with me for this episode. My name is David Rosenthal, and I'm looking forward to sharing something that the Lord has put on my heart for this episode. Uh, I've entitled it, The Backbone of Bible Prophecy. But before I get specifically to the backbone of Bible prophecy, I want to talk to you about something that led up to an event in the book of Daniel. Uh, Many who are students of Bible prophecy understand that Daniel 9, uh, verses 24 through 27, are pivotal, are key to giving us a structure or a framework for biblical prophecy. And that's where I want to go. I don't know if we'll get there in this particular episode, but I want to give you a little bit of the backstory, if you will, uh, to those verses in Daniel 9, verses 24 through 27, which are so familiar uh, to many who study Scripture, particularly in light of biblical prophecy, The seventy sevens of weeks are determined upon thy people, Daniel. We're going to get to that, but I want to go back a little further in Daniel chapter 9 to a magnificent prayer that Daniel utters to the Lord his God. The context, if you will, for for Daniel and where he is at the time that he gives this prayer um, is connected to the Babylonian captivity of Judah. Jerusalem was attacked by Babylon under the rule of Nebuchadnezzar three times. And in 605 uh, BC or thereabouts, um, the first attack of Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians came against Judah and Jerusalem. Daniel and his three friends, you may know them as uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, their, their biblical names or Hebrew names, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Daniel and his three friends were taken into Babylonian captivity. And Daniel lived the good portion of his life in captivity in Babylon. And Daniel is an amazing individual. And the fact that the Bible never has anything negative to say about Daniel. He is a a righteous, godly individual. When he was initially taken into captivity from Jerusalem, he was a very young man. And so were his friends. They were in the royal courts. Uh, within Israel in Jerusalem, and they were among the learned who were taken captive to Babylon. And now Daniel, and we know so many of the amazing accounts of his life, Daniel now is uh, has been in Babylon probably 67 or 68 years, but Daniel is familiar and knows very well a prophecy given by Jeremiah just prior to his time. And Jeremiah prophesied that Israel would be in captivity, specifically for 70 years. And so in Daniel chapter 9, with that as the backdrop, Daniel pours out a magnificent prayer to God. And it's so crucial because it gives us the backstory and the context to later in the chapter where we learn more about the biblical framework or structure of biblical prophecy in terms of what we're looking for and looking toward in the future. But this backstory starts with this prayer. And Daniel says, in the first year, in 
verse 2 of Daniel chapter 9. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession, Daniel says, and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, the one who keeps the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. What I want you to notice here, very importantly, is the pronouns, or are the pronouns, that Daniel uses throughout his prayer. Daniel is a righteous man. And here he is, pouring out his heart to God. He is dressed in sackcloth and ashes. And he pours out his heart and he says, I'm making my confession. And he says about the Lord, you are great and a dreadful God, keeping the covenant. What covenant is Daniel referring to here in his prayer? He's referring to the covenant that God made with Israel, particularly at Mount Sinai, the Mosaic covenant. That God is a covenant-keeping God. And he says, but he's also merciful to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. But we see a change in terms of what is happening because Daniel in verse 5 says, we, as he identifies with the sin of his people, we have sinned and committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants, the prophets. We haven't listened to those you sent to us, God, which spoke in thy name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongs unto thee, but unto us, confusion of faces. It's an interesting term that he uses, confusion of faces. I think what he means here is there is shame upon us. As at this day to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and unto all Israel that are near and that are far off through all the countries whither thou hast driven them into captivity because of their trespass that they have trespassed against thee. You've driven them into captivity because of their trespasses. The trespasses, Daniel says, of my people. O Lord, to us belongs confusion of face, shame, to our kings and to our princes and to our fathers, because, here it is again, we have sinned against thee. To the Lord our God belong mercies and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws. There it is again, the law which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. Yea, all Israel has transgressed thy law, even by departing that they might not obey thy voice. Listen carefully. Therefore, verse 11, the curse is poured upon us. And the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because, here it is again, we have sinned against him. 
And listen, he hath confirmed his words, which he spoke against us and against our judges that judged us by bringing upon us a great evil. For under the whole heaven hath not been done as hath been done upon Jerusalem. So there's a specific curse that Daniel is referencing here because Israel has sinned and rebelled and broken the covenant, the law of Moses. Verse 13 of Daniel 9. Daniel continues his prayer. As it is written in the law of Moses. So if you had any doubt what he's referring to, here it is in plain English. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this evil is come upon us. Yet, even still, he's saying, made we not our prayer before the Lord our God, that we might turn from our iniquities and understand thy truth. Therefore, as a result, Daniel says in his prayer, hath the Lord watched upon the evil and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all his works, which he doeth. For we, once again, we obeyed not his voice. And now, O Lord our God, that has brought thy people forth out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and has gotten thee renown, as at this day we have sinned. We have done wickedly. Daniel is clearly in this magnificent prayer where he is pouring out his soul to his God and recognizing the sin and the iniquity of himself and his people. He is referencing, I believe, something specific in the law of Moses, in the charge that God gave Moses to give to the children of Israel. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, or your mobile device, turn with me, if you will, back to the Old Testament, to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28. We don't have time to get into all the details here, but I want to call attention to you. What I believe, specifically, Daniel is referencing here in the law or the covenant that was broken by his people. In Deuteronomy 28, verse 15, Moses is saying to the people in his charge, But it shall come to pass, he says to the children of Israel, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Moses is saying this, giving charge to the children of Israel. He's saying, if you do not follow the commandments and statutes of God, all of these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. And he goes on, cursed shalt thou be in the city, cursed shalt thou be in the field, cursed shall thy basket and thy store be, cursed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy land. Cursed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and cursed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall send upon thee cursing, vexation, and rebuke in all that thou settest thine hand unto for unto do. 
But I want you to skip over to a continuation of the charge that Moses gives to the children of Israel just a few verses later in Deuteronomy 28, verse 25. The Lord shall cause thee to be smitten before thine enemies. Thou shalt go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them and shalt be removed into, listen, to all the kingdoms of the earth. So what Moses is declaring from the Lord to the children of Israel is if you don't keep my commandments, if you don't keep the covenant law that I am making with you, you will be cursed in every aspect of your life. But then it comes to a crescendo in verse 25. Because he says, the Lord shall cause thee to be smitten before thine enemies, Israel. Thou shalt go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them and shalt be removed again into all the kingdoms of the world. Now, I want you to tuck that away and go to a parallel passage back in Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 26 in a parallel passage where God, again, has given Moses charge, it's the same information, but it's presented a little bit differently. But God is saying to his people through Moses, if you follow my commandments, if you follow my laws, if you keep the covenant, I will bless you. I'll bless your flocks. I'll bless your fields. I'll bless your cities. I'll bless the offspring of your loins. I will be good to you. I will bless you. However, in verse 13 of Leviticus 26, I am the Lord your God, which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt, that ye should not be their bondmen. And I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you go upright. I've set you free. But verse 14, if ye will not hearken unto me and will not do all these commandments, and if you despise my statutes, and if your soul abhor my judgments, so that ye will not do all my commandments, but that ye break my covenant, God says, I also will do this unto you. Verse 17, Leviticus 26. And I will set my face against you, God says, and ye shall be slain before your enemies, they that hate you shall reign over you, and ye shall flee when none pursueth you. And if ye will not yet for all this hearken unto me, then I will punish you, listen to the wording, I will punish you seven times more for your sins. Seven times more for your sins. Verse 21. And if you walk contrary unto me, and will not hearken unto me, I will bring seven times more plagues upon you according to your sins, or judgments upon you. Verse 23, If you will not be reformed by me by these things, but will walk contrary unto me, then will I also walk contrary unto you, and I will punish you yet, here it is again, seven times for your sins. Verse 27. 
And if ye will not for all this hearken unto me, but walk contrary unto me, then I will walk contrary unto you also in fury, God says. And I, even I, will chastise you, Israel. How many times? Seven times for your sins. Verse 31, I will make your cities waste and bring your sanctuaries unto desolation. I will not smell the savor of your sweet odors, and I will bring the land into desolation, and your enemies which dwell therein shall be astonished at it. Verse 33, and I will scatter you among the heathen, among the nations, and will draw out a sword after you, and your land shall be desolate and your cities waste. Now, folks, remember back to Daniel chapter 9. Daniel is in captivity in Babylon. And Daniel understands that he and his people are in captivity and Jerusalem is lying in a desolate heap because of the sin and the iniquity of his people because they did not keep the covenant of their God. That's how we're going to wrap it up for this episode. But I want you to know that in the next episode, I plan to continue on and we're going to go back to Deuteronomy and Leviticus. And we're going to, Lord willing, point out to you the significance of what I believe is God's specific punishment, time seven, on his covenant people, Israel. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. And Lord willing, I look forward to meeting with you in the next episode. God bless. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 